Are you ready? No. <laughs> I'm going home. I am home. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the threat of going home is no longer the option. That's like, damn it, I'm leaving. Home. Oh, I can't leave home either. Yeah, I can't. I can't do anything. Can't do anything. No. All right. Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we share the tools to improve your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. Good evening. Gentlemen. Hello, Money Mechanic with you again with my good friends. I am the accountant. I'm the economist. And with us today is a very... Oh, is that over there? Over there? Steamworks. It's Steamworks <laughs> Brewing. Yeah. yeah. Boys, so, uh, we have big news. Big news on the show. Big news. Yeah. Our Exciting first news. official brewery sponsor. My camera's not that good, is it? It's Steamworks. And there's there's the Stanley Park Bridge and a beautiful thing. put it right in front of my face. Yeah. Uh, we got a nice uh, Lionsgate logger here. After all our hard work, our, our 20 poor episodes, our subsequent 20 awesome episodes, and now we're into season three of Fantasticness. There we go. And now you can see our lovely faces too, because we're on YouTube. No, the big news is that we actually have an official beer sponsor, not just a lovely listener that sent us beers, but an actual brewery that donated some beers to the show. And here we are promoting Steamworks Brewery from Vancouver. And the accountant has a little, uh, little bit of a history on a little bit of background on that brewery. Yeah. So for 25 years, Steamworks Brewing Co. has been at the forefront of craft brewing innovation and taste. Named after the central steam system that powers its Gastown Brewhouse and world-famous steam clock in Vancouver, BC, Steamworks proudly brews distinct, delicious, and award-winning craft beers. And it is still brewed using a steam system, which I found quite interesting. I can see you guys through this lager. We're having the Steamworks Lionsgate lager on the show tonight. And uh, nice and clear. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, cheers listeners. Cheers. I know lots of listeners join in with a beer, except for that one tweet that we had that said the guy says he listens in the morning and he can't partake. Ah, he's going to need to adjust his schedule. That or, uh, you know, breakfast beers. So thanks to Steamworks for sponsoring this episode. That's pretty exciting for us. That's a big... Uh, well, thanks to all the listeners that have been sponsoring too. Uh, FI Garage is up and up from here. And we have a pretty yeah. interesting topic tonight. This is tasty. It's tasty. Mm, I do like beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing we don't get too deep into tasting notes here because we're like, mmm, beer. <laughs> Mm, yes, we delicious. could get sidetracked it's we true. get sidetracked beer. yeah we've been told we ramble way too long before we get into the episode so let's not do that so tonight's episode is all about tech tech investing tech, tech stocks the big tech boom 2020 was amazing uh we all freaked out a little bit in march well i shouldn't say we all uh <laughs> some people freaked out the uh, media the, the market freaked out the media freaked, freaked out. out there we go and the recovery's been pretty solid for the majority of the sectors. If and fast. Relatively fast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was a real quick turnaround. But most of us, okay, we're talking about financial independence here. And the underlying theme that we hear in you know, the FI community or the FIRE community is low-cost index investing broad-based global diversification, right? So you're right. just going to pick up your, you know, your Canadian allocation, your US allocation, uh, you know, Europe and Asia, and then emerging markets, and you're set. And, you know, you, you set that up from the beginning, um, you spreadsheet it, you use passive, you do whatever you do to track that, you maintain your balances, and you just set it and forget it and move on. But what happens 
when we have a year like we just had in 2020, where tech stocks like Tesla, it's the first one that comes to my mind, is just like astronomical, out of the park, makes no sense if you look at it from a technical analysis <laughs> point of view. And then you've got these actively managed ETF funds. And my favorite one to mention is, is ARK. And a lot of our listeners have probably heard of that because it's big in the media. It's, it's like they've got four or five, maybe six. Jeez, I didn't do enough research, obviously. But all their funds are like 140% in 2020. And it begs the question, or maybe not the question as much as what I see people doing is jumping into it and going, this is the next big thing. I'm getting into electric cars. I'm getting into the new biotech. I'm getting into 3D printing. I'm getting into tech. Well, what do right. we think about that? And what it's hard to argue the late with. 90s? Yeah, well, this is the thing, right? Or, and, or the marijuana boom. Yeah, the marijuana boom. Is this, I don't know if I want to, how would I want to frame this episode just yet? I want to have a discussion with it about tech with you guys. And I don't necessarily know whether this is going to be a cautionary tale yet, or it's going to be a rah, rah, maybe I need to allocate some. So let's dive into it because I don't know what the right answer is. And I bet a lot of our listeners don't either because I'm sitting there with my index funds going, but am I missing out, right? It's fear of missing out, FOMO. Am I missing out on tech? Do I need to put tech in my portfolio? Accountant, you've done a little bit of digging today. What did you you come up with? Well, I'm just going to answer that question first. I mean, if you have a broad-based total U.S. market fund, there is tech in your portfolio. If you have a broad-based world fund, there is tech in your portfolio. It's whether you want to allocate more to said tech. Yeah, fair enough, right? Because didn't, I believe Tesla just got added to the S&P 500. It did not that long ago, but it, you might even have it if you're, you know, you might have it before it got on the S and P 500. Sure. If you don't have a specific S and P 500 index fund. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, it has, like, I looked at a bunch of, um, I think it's the Vanguard total tech ETF, the iShares global tech ETF and the, uh, the iShares us tech ETFs. And They've outperformed in recent years, but are those Canadian listed ones? I'm just trying to get my head around because I'm not familiar with all the tech ETFs. I mean, there's thousands of ETFs in Canada. You can probably cherry pick the ones you no, want. So, right? are they Canadian listed or U.S.? These ones were U.S. listed, I believe. It's uh, VGT. IYW and IXN. I love that you found different ones that I found. Well, that's the other thing, right? Is there's tons of these kicking. Where around. do you put your money? Yeah, that's just it. Do you have any of those? I don't have any of those. No. No. But if you look at it, I mean, for the past 10 years, those th- I think the worst of those three, the 10-year annualized return was about 18%. So right. you're saying we should. <laughs> Like you're making, you're coming <laughs> out of the gate. You're coming out of the gate, going, "Hey, the ten-year performance has been good. Why aren't you doing this?" It's been great for sure, but I still, I mean, I have a hard time. I mean, to circle back to Tesla, like, what's it trading at to price to earnings right now? That doesn't matter. I I, I know uh, it doesn't matter. It does at some Wait. point, right? Like, doesn't reality have to set in eventually? Does it not matter for a trader, or does it not matter for a long-term investor? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't, it definitely doesn't matter to a trader. No, like no the, trader doesn't care, but that's you know, not what we're talking about. Well, yeah. okay. But maybe you're, maybe we're talking play. Let's not talk play money here. Let's 
I think we can get sidetracked if we talk play money because it's sure it's fun to throw. Not that you, like one Tesla stock is a lot of play money to put it that way, <laughs> but but maybe I want to put a thousand dollars into said ETF that's tech. Maybe that's my play money, right? So let's not let's get away from that and look at more of am I adding this to a long term part of my core portfolio? Do I want a tech tilt? To my index investing, maybe that's kind of the angle we need to look at um, to to get a better discussion out of this. Because if we go down the road of like trading or you know what's popular, then that's fine. Because I think that's what we run into is a lot of it is a popularity contest, a lot of it is marketing driven. What's the hottest new thing? That's what drives a lot of the tech sector up, right? Whether it's just because there's so much more accessibility on the internet now than there ever used to be, but I was blown away. We were sharing some information today in prep for this, and I came across Neo.inc, which I'd never heard of before. And the economist quickly texts back and he goes, Oh, yeah, that's no big deal. But the quote on this it says, It's a futuristic senior stock exchange. It offers added liquidity, which simply isn't available in junior exchanges. And what does that mean to the listener? Well, basically, I kind of just had a quick scroll through here. They're trading like every penny stock in the tech universe. It's insane. What's below tertiary? Uh, Quartrary. Quartrary. It's a a quartrary index or a quartrary trading Stock exchange. You can get fifteen. You can get fifteen cent stocks on here. I mean, there's some twenty dollars stuff. So maybe they've got earnings. Maybe they don't. I think. And accountant, you can probably speak to this better than you know I can from that point of view. Is that you know I can look on here and I'm just scrolling through and I'm seeing stuff for six cents. Halo Labs. That looks like it could be an investment because it might go up three hundred percent. And this is what bugs me. And I got to vent a little bit on this show because you you get these numbers thrown out that it's up. 200%, 300%, 400%. When it's a 10 cent stock, it's pretty easy to hit those percentage numbers, but it really means nothing in real life. Yeah, 100%. If it sells, it it means you've got more dollars. Fair, but that's trading, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And speculation. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, I mean, I'm, it's not that I'm not a believer in tech, but I feel like there's a lot of survivorship bias right now from like, oh, well, everybody's talking about Amazon. And if you could have got into Amazon early or Apple early or Google early, but those are three of the world's biggest companies now. But you guys forget about the 30,000, maybe 300,000 companies that went bust in the early 2000s when the tech bubble burst. And there was all those crazy IPOs going on and all that. And I mean, I just feel that things are getting a little frothy. AOL, was that ever publicly traded? I think AOL was publicly traded. <laughs> was Ask Jeeves? I feel like Ask Jeeves <laughs> was. <laughs> uh, that's going back there. Ask Jeeves. Are you old enough to remember Ask Jeeves? I guess I remember you're old enough Ask to remember. Jeeves. I forget. You're old enough to remember all of the internet. So yeah, I was around for it. <laughs> well, maybe not all of it, but anyway. Yeah, no, I, I guess for me, let's let's bring it down to current day. Here we are, beginning of 2021. I wanted to talk today about the ARC ETF funds because they are super popular in the media. And I've seen multiple social media uh, comments saying, I'm 100. I'm all in on Arc. I'm I'm this. I'm totally bullish on Arc. I'm you know I'm I'm getting in. I'm all in. I'm putting my TFSA in there. I believe in it, and I I am fearful. And it reminds me of that 
specific saying is be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. If you were saying this to me in March last year, I missed that boat. Right. And maybe you didn't. And to those people that got 146% returns, because that's what last year's like the ARC K fund was. That's fantastic and good for you. Nothing wrong with that. You you placed a solid uh, bet on that. You've made a speculative investment and you made money. Same if you got into Tesla last year. Like nothing wrong with that. I don't think we're here to knock that at all. But I don't think I, that can be the core of your portfolio. No. Well, okay. That's one thing. But I am also thinking that. If I'm looking at a really inflated valuation, you know, for an ETF that holds a lot of underlying businesses that have yet to prove themselves prop profitable in a traditional model. And I think that's where this gets into nuanced discussion is the traditional model of what's a profitable business and what isn't. And is it a disruptive technology? Yes, it is. Is that what their core, what they're actively trading and actively looking for is disruptive technologies? Yes, I understand that. That's good. But if we see like astronomical growth, I think I did it the right way this time, right? Yeah, you did. Because I have to kind of do it backwards. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. You did pretty good. So it's like astronomical growth. It just makes me personally as a long-term investor go, what are my expected returns from there going forward? And this well, is and, uh, this is why we're talking about tech today on this show in 2021. Right. And I mean, what I mean, I haven't looked at the ARC funds personally, but like, what's your price earnings ratio on one of those? You're not allowed to check that. You're not right. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's hundreds. It's like, it's hundreds. It's like the pot stocks. 2000 yeah. <laughs> price to earnings. You can't well, calculate. How do you calculate price to earnings when there's no earnings? Well, in yeah. the ETF, there must be earnings, but it's just minuscule yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, I guess. Well, and, I guess. And you look at some of these, some of these tech stocks that, you know, maybe they will be disruptive. Maybe they won't. But even if you take that they will be disruptive and you look at them like Tesla, how many cars do they have to sell to actually earn the valuation they're currently trading at? Well, many, many cars. Yeah. Right. So I, so I started to jump in, but I heard a quote as well that just it, and it, and I'm not saying this is true, but it's like, if Tesla's valuation is, let's just call it 500 for a number and you know, Nissan or General Motors or pick another car maker is, you know, 25. This is the price to earnings ratio. If one ratio is 25 and the other is 500, what's more likely, you know, the one's going to go up or the one's going to go down. Like they kind of have to somehow find the middle ground eventually, eventually. And and everybody else is entering the electric car market, right? Like everybody else. So yeah. Yeah. Are zero of them going to compete with Tesla? That seems unlikely that zero of the car manufacturers plus other tech companies who are looking at making cars, none of them are going to compete with Tesla? I don't think so. Yeah, it just I'm, seems very... And I mean, I don't want to just be picking on Tesla. It just It's the most in the news right. talked about. It's the easiest coming. It's yeah, the it's the easiest one. thing. Yeah. Is this investment advice or is this entertainment purposes? Oh, oh. Oh, absolutely entertainment purposes. Since only. we started being on video, clearly this is only entertainment value. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, these this beer is delicious. I'm glad there's at least two in my house. It doesn't taste like a uh, macro brew lager. So we got 
chirped for drinking lucky. Uh, mm. And apparently a 12 pack of these is $17.99 at the liquor store right now. So very comparable price. And this is definitely a step up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's got more flavor. You could slip this into the fridge when you're visiting your parents' house and your dad would drink it and not know the difference. And you could drink it and go, mm, it tastes better than his not going to name a name that he always has in the fridge. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, that's good. Like that's that. my unscripted yeah. promo right there. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not free advertising on this show, boys. <laughs> that's right. Th- cheers to Steamworks. Mm-hmm. Cheers. All right. So I found a good article uh, along the same line of what I'm trying to get at here. Wait, it was, before you, before no, you leave but Why? You were, you've, oh, go ahead. No, Articles about ARC. ARC. The other thing about I'm ARC. Not, oh, I'm not leaving ARC yet. Believe me. Okay. But it's actively managed. Why do totally. you want an actively managed fund? Because you have to be. You have to be actively managed because you're cherry picking. If you listen to some of the interviews that Kathy Wood, geez, I hope I got that right. I'm sure I did. I read. I yeah. read enough about so it. So wait, the art, I, the art lady is going to tell you that you have. You can't rely on an index. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's yes, yes. It goes, yes, surprise. Yes. <laughs> No, the point is it has to be actively managed because there is so much out there, like a ton of new tech, new startups all the time. So the skill of the manager is to pick those ones that are ready for prime time, those ones that are ready to go big. You add them to the fund. That's what makes it successful. You have to be actively managed, which I think fundamentally we kind of disagree with. I'd rather hold, I'd rather hold the NASDAQ personally. And be yeah, okay we, with the growth of that, even though like the return, the track record for the last five years, well, let's not even take five years because they were fairly comparable in 2019. But in 2020, you know, I've got the S&P 500 total return and then ARC is like 600% and then QQQ. Have you guys heard of QQQ? I started to say QQQ. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically the big, it's the tech index one that you can pick and it's not a not a terrible one for canadians to pick if they want to get into uh get get a little tech heavy with their core holdings but i like qqq because it is more of an index and it basically holds the whole nasdaq right so you can have an index so you can have an index right but my the point here is that you know qqq although is really good it's returns uh we'll put this chart in the show notes so our that's just can and viewers can look at it. And this is where the economist is going to get really good at YouTube and you'll pop this chart up while we're talking <laughs> about it, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're talking. You can the- share your screen. <laughs> oh, I guess I could. Oh my yeah. goodness. That would get complicated. These episodes are going to go. Sideways. Don't, yeah. Don't um, overcomplicate. That would be how you do it though. You wouldn't rely on me. <laughs> no, no wouldn't. There's some people that are really good at YouTube and we are not them. No, no. Absolutely not. But the point is, uh, with this time frame, so okay, let's call it 2015 to the end of 2020, because that's the graph I'm looking at here. QQQ is 232%, which is fantastic. You know, ARC is 615, but they were basically matched in March this year. So it's outperformed like astronomically in one year. How does that not give you a red flag of like, okay. Well, you think they ran good? <laughs> <laughs> well, this article. <laughs> okay, so this article is. 
called, and it's by Ben Carlson. It was written in late 2020, so it's current, which was important. I think it's important, right? It has to be current right now for this. Is it's a short history of chasing the best performing funds, and this is what why part of this episode for me is a cautionary tale. I think it's a cautionary tale, right? Because if you're just chasing the latest, greatest, best performing funds, you probably should take into account that you have lower expected returns and or the possibility that you're buying high and you may end up selling low. Because if you're looking at this and going, I need to get into ARC funds and I don't, I'm not here to pick on ARC funds. Okay. It just happens to be the one that's the easiest like Tesla to talk about. It's like, I got to get in there. I'm putting my TFSA in this. There's going to be another 146% growth this year. And you're emotional about it. You jump into it. You put six grand into it. And in April, it's flat. It's a dud. It's down 10%. Tech's struggling a little bit this year. The economy's finally having to get burped for all the things that have happened in 2020. And you go, yeah, okay, you know what? I better just go back to index investing and you sell. It becomes that psychological part of this equation. And this article is good about bringing that up is that if you go into these investments, if you look at the huge increase in tech and go, I want to be in that, because we all do, we all wanted to get in that, but we didn't, or some of us didn't. But if you get in now, it's possible that you're getting in for the wrong reasons and you may come to your psychology of selling it when it underperforms. But here's the thing about people like, I, because I've heard this a lot lately, oh, you know, maybe this whole indexing thing, because everything had blew up in the second half of 2020. Maybe I shouldn't just be indexed, but if you're indexed, you're in whatever the hot thing is. Agreed. If you have a total world diversified indexed portfolio, whatever the hot thing is, you own a piece of it. Yeah. And you also own a piece of whatever is a dog right now and has a really great chance of becoming the next thing. And also the uh, the stalwarts, right? Yeah, what what's to keep trudging along and make what about those utilities that just keep raising dividends and just keep paying me money and are just steady? Like it, of course, it's alluring to chase the hot thing or what's done really well for the past 10, 20 years. But I mean, there's so much historical evidence to say if you're going to be somebody who just indexes and follows the market and has a well diversified portfolio. You hold that for 30 or 40 years, you're probably going to beat everybody else. Okay. I agree with you. Unfortunately, I agree with you. <laughs> it doesn't make for fun episodes when I always agree with you. But um, I was going to add to that and saying, if I'm a smart, FI-focused investor... So we're not talking about you. <laughs> he said it's a hypothetical. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think we're going to get to where you want to poke fun at me anyway, is if I'm going to experiment outside my core portfolio. Okay. So let's just say that right. you feel like tech's something that you're missing out on. You're not getting enough of it, even though, you know, like when I was holding TD uh, mutual funds, they were great. I mean, they've come down in fees and they've got a NASDAQ mutual fund that I could use in my TD brokerage and it cost me nothing to buy it, nothing to sell it. And the fees were, I think they're down to 0.3 something now. I'm not quoting it, but that fund did great. You can just hold that as a Canadian and it's worry-free. It's indexed. My point is, is that if you're going to jump into an actively managed fund that has had great returns, 
are you going to do it with a huge amount of money? Like maybe you put in a thousand, maybe you put in 6,000, maybe you put in, you know, it's a nominal amount and you're like, oh my God, I got 146% returns. Well, that's excellent on a small amount of money. <laughs> just, just see where I'm going with this? Like your core portfolio or your million dollar retirement portfolio needs to be protected, safely growing at index rates. Sure. You put 10K in tech and you made 14 and you're like, woo, this is fantastic, right? Or 24, whatever the number works out to. I'm not the math guy. Right. But I'll also say, I mean, unless this is something you're interested in, you want to do. If you have, let's say you have a $500,000 portfolio and you put 10 grand into something that outperforms and gives you a 50% return. At the end of the day, is that extra five grand really making a big picture difference? That's my point. That's exactly yeah. my point. And you don't want to risk everything in one sector. No, no. Exactly. If you end up, you know, down like you were with marijuana when well, you bought medium. I was not down. <laughs> you, you was, I didn't buy the mar- royal you. The royal you. <laughs> I didn't buy marijuana when every news channel was pumping marijuana because it was too late. It was too late to get in. And personal opinion only, I feel like some of some of these tech funds, it's too late right now. I could be totally wrong, and that's fine. I'm okay with being wrong, right? The, the one thing I think about tech is it's happening so quick. Like new technology is coming online so quick. It, the possibility exists that you're always going to get big returns if you're on the cutting edge. But how do we know that? one person who's on the cutting edge today is going to be able to keep up and know what the cutting edge is tomorrow. So if you're in an actively managed fund, AI, <laughs> don't, no, don't yeah. laugh though. No, I'm answering his question with right. uh, algorithms. Algorithms are what's keeping up. Right. So that could be, but somebody has to write the algorithm. Totally. Yeah. Right. So the algorithm can the be one wrong. that's written for today. Is it learning for tomorrow? I don't know. AI. Yeah, no, well, I get, but- I get that as possible. It's totally possible, but it's just, at this point, it's unlikely. The one thing that's going to perform the best today will also perform the best in five years. That's unlikely. Yes. That's hist- what we've been historically taught. Right. The other factor here is that a lot of these companies, a lot of these tech startups, I mean, I've seen this firsthand because I had a major company IPO that I had been a part of, not owner or anything, but just assisting with. The money on IPOs, like you go on IPO day to buy that stock, the people who hit a home run on that stock owned it well before it IPO'd. That's not the day that you made your killing. That's the day that everybody that was in on the ground floor made their killing. Yeah, totally. So, so you get something that's at a huge price to earnings and the market wants it and it IPOs, a lot of times those shares just stagnate for the next five, yeah. 10 years because they got frothy valuations, they took it to market, and a lot of people are actually just cashing out. That was their exit strategy for a lot of these startups was we built a business, we've got a good technology, I'm washing my hands of this. I got 100,000 shares when we first started the company, we IPO'd at 20 bucks, I got my $2 million and walked away. So I, I totally agree with you. And I guess my question is, these actively managed ETFs like ARK, are they sort of a hedge fund where they get into private companies? 
Because that's an advantage <sighs> over the index tech ETF. Yeah, I don't if, know enough about true. it. I don't know enough about it. I'm gonna have to plead the plead ignorance on that. I I did enough research to be able to banter with you boys, but not yeah. speak, not speak intelligently. <laughs> <laughs> Most of our Fair listeners enough. know that by now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, we're here to banter, not for intelligent yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think you make a good point there, economist, is that do you have an advantage having the private into that? I I don't know. I think that adds a, a ton, a huge level of risk into sure. that actively managed fund as well, right? But also, aren't most of the ARC funds, like, because I've seen the person who runs ARC funds, whatever her name was, Kathy Wood, she's always just pumping Tesla. And I think <laughs> a lot of the returns from ARC is just Tesla. 10%, 10, <laughs> 10 of their holding is Tesla. Okay. And yeah. so I, I did enjoy a few YouTubes today watching her just go like, like she needed pom-poms. T E L U S L U S Tesla. No, that's wrong. Not even close. T E L. Turns out the mechanic is not winning his cheerleader edition. I don't think he's winning a spelling bee either. T E S L A. He got it. Third time's a charm. No, no, she's definitely very, 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 very pro Tesla. And, you know, fair play. She was right in 2020, right? Like she was predicting before the crash and correction. She was she was bullish before, and she's maintained her position on that. And I respect somebody that will maintain their position on, on their beliefs of what the stock's going to be, right? Do I necessarily agree on the fundamentals? Maybe not. But, you know, she stood by it and she believes in it. And because she's one of the you know, the think tank behind that fund, she, you know, she sticks with it. And that has been a huge part of its success. And to be perfectly honest with you boys, which you're going to hate is I was part of the 2020 stock picking contest. Right. And, and the funny part was, is the stock picking contest started off in the beginning of 2020, as it always does me two weeks late and everybody getting the first two weeks of gains and you guys just trying to index all year. And basically we all stopped trading in March, like the 20 of us <laughs> in the contest, which is a bunch of other bloggers in Canada and the U S we stopped trading. Cause we're like, what just happened? We have no <laughs> idea what to do. No idea. So everybody just like stayed with their holdings for basically the whole year because nobody had a clue. And on an absolute lark, I picked Tesla last January because I was like, I like to pick things in the stock picking contest that I'm probably not going to own in real life because I don't know how to value them. I don't, I can't afford them or whatever. And so I picked a ton of Tesla stock and I came in third in the stock picking contest boys from Tesla. So there you go. I actually saw that the other day. I saw that post. I was very proud of you. Yeah. But again, it was just, it was, and the top three, it was the three of us that had bought it at the beginning as a bit of a lark because the other guys that bought it too, you know, they're they're Canadians that are thoughtful about their investing process. They own blue chip dividend stocks. They own index ETFs. It's it's the kind of stock that we look at and go, yeah. If I had an extra hundred grand that I didn't know what to do with, then I might you know buy into it. But and that's what we did. We're like, we got a free million dollars for this fun stock picking contest. So let's let's throw it in there and see what happens. And hey, lo and behold, there you go. That's part of the book I'm reading, Thinking in Bets. It's um, it's a bias, right? Success bias is not 
because you made a good decision. It's because of the other variables in the outcome. That particular time, we didn't talk, not because we were waiting you to say more, but because we were waiting you for to cut the recording so we can restart the new one. Let's do that. Let's get a beer. (laughs) I've got one. Cracky crack the beer then. Yeah, beer number two. Back to two beer episodes now that we're sponsored. I love two beer episodes. Those are always my favorite anyway. I mean, basically, we got to hang out together, and now we don't, but this is hanging out, I guess. So here we are. Now we're we're in everybody. 2021. Now we're in everybody else's garage, too, because we're on video. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Oh, one of the things that we didn't bring up earlier that I did want to just mention, just because the listeners may want to check it out in the show notes, was website I found today, it's Canadian, actually. It's called The Deep Dive. And there might be some other stuff that I want to dig through in here. I just haven't had a chance. And it kind of digs into a little bit of, you know, uh, maybe want to call them alternative investments. Like they've got, they're talking about tech and cannabis and mining and different things like that. And there is an interesting article from November 2020, so not that old. And it's called Kathy's Ark, Managed ETFs Full of Story Stocks That Spill Out Into Their Components. I don't think it's a great title, but... (laughs) (laughs) to be to be fair it is a good article and he does write with i guess there's a little bit of bias here but what i think he's really highlighting in the article is that when you see astronomical growth like we saw in 2020 it's not necessary that it continues and a lot of the excitement and i think you guys will probably agree with me that the rise that we've seen in like Robinhood in the States and other trading platforms where now it like well simple trade in Canada, where now it's like boom, you can sign up, boom, you can trade with 500 bucks, boom. It's like the inflow of money that we've seen into investment. I'm using some yeah, here. yeah, I don't, I don't think it's really investment, yeah, but there's a lot more money that's been flowing in, and like actually, ARC became. RK, I guess it is, became the largest ETF. It took over JP Morgan this year for like the largest, which is like mind blowing in valuation because of this huge inflow of money. So I again, I'm just coming back to my personal feeling at the beginning of the show. I mentioned it and the kind of go in eyes wide open, do a little bit of back research, understand where it's come from, where it's going. Maybe you won't understand everything that's in the fund because I surely don't. It's like looking on Neo and going, there's this company? Like, what are they doing? It's actually kind <laughs> of interesting. If you if you have nothing but time to dig into these startups, there's some pretty cool stuff out there. But you made a great point. It was the accountant that said it earlier. It's like, if you're in your indexes, if you're in the NASDAQ, you're capturing the largest performers maybe that's the problem is you're capturing the largest performers but you don't have a small cap tilt to the tech sector but do you need it because once they get big enough you're going to get the earnings from them. i don't know like this is not an easy question to answer there, there's also in uh small cap etfs right and yeah, that well, doesn't limit you to tech well exactly i mean you hear that all the time on the rational reminder they talk about a small cap tilt to your portfolio yep. mm-hmm. and and i think Tilt is the right word to use because we're not talking about making some kind of drastic change to your core holdings here. It's like, okay, you've 
you know, your monthly allocation or this, you're buying, you're, you're at Quest Trade, you're buying ETFs monthly, they're free. You're doing Norbert's Gambit to get US ones. However, you're structuring yourself, maybe you're, let's just call 100% of your money every month. Maybe you want to take 5% and put somewhere else. There's nothing wrong with that. Who cares? Like, it's up to you what fits your yeah. investing profile. And if you feel strongly that the tech may be the one, Maybe now's the time. Maybe now isn't the time. Who knows? It, might, it could keep going. I don't know. So, well, so uh, what uh, tech ETFs do you guys hold? Okay. Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for setting me up for that one. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. All right. Fine. He jumps in. You just jump in when you well, want to jump uh, in. Yeah. No, Cal, no. I, I'm, I'm saying him asking, giving you the setup is killing me. <laughs> well, what? Which ones do you own? <laughs> before? Well, he none. Well, it was a perfect go. pitch. Okay. It was, was a perfect pitch. Answer. It was like a little nice little soft lob. I was ready to just crack yeah. it. That was an easy answer from the accountant. Now the money mechanics oh. looked up what he owns. I, I ignored his mind. I ignored. What did you say? Uh, what what uh, tech ETFs do you own? I didn't listen to the accountant. What did he say he owns? None. Uh, none. None. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so i sold my nasdaq fund prematurely as it turns out <laughs> to get into private lending so maybe those returns didn't work out quite as well but i did anyway i don't as far as ownership goes i will admit that after we had our discussion about the tfsa purchases i kind of screwed up i'll admit that but i did buy uh, the I, ICL, ICLN, the iClean US ETF, which is renewables. So I'm not saying that's tech, but it has a lot of like startup renewables. So it's kind of right. it's kind of tech heavy in that sense. As far right. as like specific tech funds, not yet. And what oh. does that mean? Yeah, it means <laughs> you're considering. You are. It it does appear that way, doesn't it? How how can you not consider it? Right, you see something go supernova. Yeah, you have to consider it. You're a fool not to at least consider it. So I, I was ahead of the game, and I got my tech ETF in like March or something. Mm, nice, yeah. pray tell. Uh, PZD, which PZD. is the PZD Invesco Clean Tech ETF. It okay. is tied to an index, and it has gone from fifty to eighty. Nice work. So nice. instead of ten shares, I should have. <laughs> put all my money <laughs> right i mean that's what yeah. you're saying is it yeah. really worth thinking about if you're not gonna yeah well, and gonna make a big bet and then making a big bet well you could lose it all so and that's exactly. the one thing is i think a bunch of people see these massive home runs and they step up to the plate and they want to hit a grand slam but they've never even had an at bat before yeah. right Go get yourself some singles, get some runners on base, and then you can maybe swing for the fences. Yeah. Yep. No, exactly. And and that's the problem is, you know, as I brought up is it's great that investing is available to everybody at the lowest possible cost, as easy as a few clicks of the mouse. But with that, you're lacking the responsibility in choosing effectively what's a good investment for your long term for future you, right? You're choosing an investment for emotional you today. I'm missing out. I want that. Yeah. Well, and it gets back to risk reward trade-off, right? Those funds are going to be riskier mm-hmm. than something else. You're going to get, if you get rewarded, you'll get rewarded more, but your losses are also going to be greater if it goes the other way. Yeah. So keep that in mind. 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. Risk is a great point to bring into this discussion. I mean, we, we could keep going on this forever. The point is to focus on the actual tech that people are seeing, you know, or the market gains they're seeing, because of course, what does the media talk about? That's all they talk about is the gainers, right? Yeah. You the steady that sell newspapers or something. It's the it's the rabbit in the hair story, isn't it, boys? Yeah, nobody nobody's talking the boring, steady five percent a year. No, I mean stock, right? It it doesn't make the news. I, I did want to bring this up before we quit the show because listeners, like we we can't just rely on our own good looks to get the show into the stratosphere. Right? Then we'd be really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did find uh, Emerge Canada, Inc., which I'd never heard of before, to be perfectly honest with you. It popped up through my uh, Google Deep Dive, and they basically do a shadow ETF of what the ARC funds are. And I didn't get too deep into this because I kind of ran out of time today, but basically it's a Canadian listed one, which has some advantages depending on which brokerage you're with, things like that. If you don't want to do the currency conversion, you can invest in this. And plus it's only today was trading at $25 as of, excuse me, this recording. And it's, it was up 7.8%. Not that we really care about that today, but <laughs> the management fee is 0.8%. Uh, it's getting a little pricey. That's steep. Getting pricey, getting pricey. And it looks like their top 10 holdings, they're holding Tesla at 10%. And I couldn't actually find the fund prospectus on this to see whether they're just holding a proxy or not. All I found here is that they have their full holdings report as of twenty, the end of 2020. And it's showing that they actually hold the equities, which is kind of interesting because I, I, that, that's better for me that they actually have the sector holdings than they're just holding yeah. a, a fund of funds type thing. So right. uh, if listeners are interested, look up uh, Emerge Canada. It's, well, it'll be in the show notes. And they do have, they basically, like I said, they mirror the ARC funds. You can hold them in your Canadian account. I mean, you can hold the other ARC ones too, but you're going to, you're probably going to want to do Norbert's Gambit. And you're going to have to, there's a few other considerations too. And as I brought up earlier, like I had before and foolishly sold quite a while ago, you can have, you know, I was at TD and I'm sure I did actually find a BMO one as well. I think BMO has the, it's ZQQ and TD Mutual Fund is TBD981. Like basically after everything I read through today and QQQ, I think is the other one I mentioned earlier, right? You did. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't disagree right now that maybe I should throw a little percentage towards some tech specific because, you know, a lot of those, interestingly enough, I did a little research on the all-in-one funds recently because there was some discussion about that. And if you hold... For example, VEQT, it doesn't hold as much of the NASDAQ as if you held HGROW, which, by the way, Horizons, is the worst name ever because you've got <laughs> XEQT, VEQT, and then you've got VGROW and XGROW, and then you've got HGROW, but it's the same as XEQT and VEQT. Like, why didn't they call it H? Yeah, figure it out. Come on. Yeah, yeah. right. But it's a mis it's a misnomer because HGO doesn't have any bonds. It's actually an all equity portfolio. But right. they're much heavier in the Nasdaq, which gives you more tech exposure. So more for tech those exposure, right. for those of you playing along at home, maybe you want to look at that. And 
again, I'll bring this up because it drives me crazy is like, it doesn't have to be an either or situation. Like if you've been in VUQT and you go, Oh no, I need to be in H grow. You don't, you don't have to like ditch VUQT and switch to H grow. Like you like flip flop, flip flop. Anyway, (laughs) the point is, is there's, I personally, in my portfolio, I'm I might increase my Nasdaq exposure to capture more tech. That's what my what my thinking is from this sort of discussion and from what I researched. Right. Yeah, I mean it has been performing really well. I I have no problem with a tech lean, but I wouldn't be jumping in both feet, moving my whole portfolio into it. Unless you're young, then you might as well gamble. You got <sighs> lots of time to make it back. Don't ever listen to the economist. I mean, if you're young, don't you just buy into tontines? Well, if, with a bunch of old people. That exactly. Would be great. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Wouldn't that be great if you could get in as like a 20-year-old with a bunch of 80-year-olds? That would be the dream. That's. I think you'd need to leverage your tontine at that point. You'd have to put in a way more money than they did. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's clean up the business here. Uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Steamworks. I've been enjoying this longer, this show. And another thing to our listeners across the country, you may or may not have heard of the FI Garage beer tube, but I know there's listeners across Canada that are into trying different beers. And if you go down to your local, is it provincial in every every, uh, province? Like the liquor distribution? It must be. But anyway, go down to your local store and tell them you want to try some Steamworks beer. Because yeah. why aren't we sharing this great beer across Canada? Not only Steamworks, but all the awesome beers across Canada. I found some out-of-province beers for an upcoming episode, which is exciting. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep on exploring Canada via beers on the FI Garage. That's Absolutely. Right. If we can't go anywhere, we might as well drink from everywhere. <laughs> Important announcement, too, I think, to wrap up the show is, if you're still with us, you are one of the lucky few that can subscribe to the new YouTube channel, which The Economist is wholly managing i accept no responsibility for what happens <laughs> on whatsoever on my part yeah, yeah absolutely there's there's this or something like it oh yeah i guess or similar or yeah. that one there's oh, wait, there's a prize know. pack from there's steamworks a, there's a steamworks uh, prize pack coming to a randomly drawn new subscriber to the new fi financial independence garage youtube channel YouTube, YouTube channel. channel, YouTube channel, yeah. So that'll be all the subscribers since it's we have none right now. We have this. <laughs> we have this many subscribers. That's right. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Even my mom hasn't subscribed yet. <laughs> it should be. It'll be six. It'll be nine really fast when we get our mums and significant others on board, and then everybody after that is fair game. We don't give away prizes to our family. No, we don't. No, we do not. No, we do not. <laughs> But we do appreciate you joining us uh, for the FI Garage and Tech Stocks. Wow, I don't know, boys. I just, I think we're going to limit the new subscribers to February 15th, just to throw that out there. Subscribe before February 15th? Not no? necessarily. No? When When is this episode going live? Soonish. <laughs> <laughs> February 14th, we're on the air. Yeah, right. How about two weeks after the release date? That's good. There you go. Two weeks after the release date, we will uh, take a list of all the new subscribers and randomly choose someone, and we will send you a Steamworks prize pack. Well, that was a tasty beer and a fun episode. Parting comments? 
on tech? I mean, I do, I do like a little tech tilt. I mean, you know, the new up and coming businesses coming out. I think there's definitely some new things that are going to come along that are going to make you some money. But uh, uh, again, wary that it's a little frothy at the moment. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time on the next episode of FI Garage. You can find us on YouTube now, apparently. Hit that subscribe button and you can find us on social media. Twitter, we're most active. Otherwise, just drop us an email, send us a comment. We'd love to hear from you for show ideas, beer ideas, or really any other ideas. Decoration <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, mine, mine is the best. Well, it, yes. Family Money Saver nailed that one for you. He so. did. Yes. There's, yes, there's he the did. free advertising of the show. Thanks, Family Money Saver. We're expecting the high well, it's res not free. Version. We got this nice graphic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. He needed to put a watermark up in there. Family he Money should. Saver. Yeah, he should have. Oh, should have. Yeah. yeah. Missed opportunity. Oh, my Twitter is going to blow up now with him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Catch you next time. Cheers, guys. Farewell. <laughs>